What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast. In this June, thousands of Southern Baptists will gather in Anaheim for the SBC annual meeting, and Southwestern Seminary wants to see you there. And so stop by the booth in the exhibit halls or pick up some of the latest Swibbits gear and talk to the faculty about the latest news from Seminary Hill. And tickets are on sale now for Southwestern Seminary's SBC Alumni and Friends Luncheon, which will take place on June 15th at noon o'clock. Make plans to reconnect with fellow Southwesterners, catch up with Swibbits faculty, and hear from President Adam W. Greenway. You can purchase your tickets at swibbits.edu forward slash SBC 22. Kyle, the last couple of days have been pretty difficult to yeah. say the least. And, and as I said yesterday, after reading the report and everything, just grieve, uh, yeah. heartbroken, it's gut wrenching. And as painful as it was to read you know, through the report, you know, nearly 300 pages of content, as painful as that was, it certainly doesn't compare to the pain that ultimately caused it. And uh, so we continue to pray for them. Uh, and and I know this is going to be something that we have to uh, address in the room uh, when it comes to the annual meeting in Anaheim. And so if you are listening in, we do encourage you to read that report. If you don't have time to, to read through the whole thing in one day, pick a few pages at a time and make your way through it prayerfully and carefully as you read through the report. And also there's some synopsis on Baptist Press and some other uh, news blogs and whatnot. And so you can get up to date, uh, be informed, and then be in the room, particularly on Tuesday as we hear that report in full by the task force themselves. So Kyle, uh, you know, aside from that, like like we said, it's been a heavy couple of days. Uh, We're not going to dive into that on this episode. We want to kind of change gears a little bit from all of that and and just talk to pastors, particularly today, uh, about their preaching. And and you recently wrote an article on biblical preaching as discipleship. And, uh, and one of the things that you pointed out, which is critically important, we want to make this crystal clear from the very beginning that preaching cannot be your only strategy right. for making disciples. We've talked about that before. That's something we're going to continue to, to bang on that drum, right? Preaching is a component of your yep. discipleship strategy, but it is not your only tool. And, uh, and so we've talked about, you know, the one-on-one discipleship and other disciple making endeavors for your church and discipleship trainings and so forth. But for this one, we want to talk specifically about three ways that biblical faithful preaching, uh, can be one of those discipleship tools in your church. And so again, it's, it's not the only thing. Don't think that you can get in there and pick up Colossians and make your way through it like we're going to do at the uh, pastor's conference. And, and then at the end of your series, everybody's discipled and, and ready to change the world. That's that's not the way it is going to happen. There, there needs to be some other aspects, but we do have three key areas to consider to help 
transform men, women, and children into deeper disciples of Christ through your biblical preaching. And the first one, Kyle, you say is biblical preaching helps lead believers to understand and apply the Bible in our lives. So Kyle, talk, talk a little bit about, about that. What does that really mean? Yeah, well, you know, I think a lot of people, when you talk to them, especially believers who want to um, know the Bible, what, what I've heard a lot is, you know, I read the Bible, but I have a hard time understanding how it applies to my life. Well, preaching can help in that process. Um, for one thing, if you if you preach, and, and I know this is our preferred method to, you know, systematically through books of the Bible, you can help people kind of connect some dots. Um, because I think a lot of folks have have spent their lives kind of hearing Bible verses, but not necessarily the overall context of those, right? So, I mean, they know they're Jeremiah 29, 11, and they know John 3, 16, and they know Romans 8, 28, but, but, but seeing the overall context of how those fit in rather than just kind of disjointed, um, you know, coffee mug sayings makes a big difference. And so as you preach the, the Bible week in and week out systematically through the through books of the Bible, you can help your people even begin to see the big story, right? Which is, of course, a people who are created by God for a relationship with him and worship of him who turn their backs repeatedly on him. But God doesn't leave them to their own devices. Instead, he passionately pursues them, even to the point of sending his own son to give his life as a ransom on their behalf, which provides the way for God's people to be reconciled to God. So, so just seeing that big picture, breaking down kind of the differences in the Old Testament and the New Testament and, and helping your folks to understand, okay, if you're in this part of the Bible, this is kind of what was going on in the lives of the people. And, and here are some principles that, that can apply to us. And, and I think especially, you know, as we live in a world now where there's more messages hitting our folks um, on a daily basis, maybe than at any time in history. I mean, there's just, they're being bombarded with so many messages through social media and, um, you know, and television and emails. And, and it's really important that we understand the message of the Bible and figure out how to apply that. And we'll talk more about how that affects our worldview here in just a minute. Yeah. And, and one of the neat things about it, particularly with expositional preaching, and, and as even if it's still a little more topical, but you're going through a book of the Bible, is you're going to come across certain things uh, that are going to pique some, some questions in, in the hearer's mind, like, what, what in the world? I got, I got a message yesterday from, from a dear friend that said, why is wisdom referred to as feminine in Proverbs? And, you know, like if, if you're preaching through Proverbs, you're going to be discussing the, the genre. You're going to be discussing yeah. the, the author and, and personification and all of this kind of stuff. And so as you're working through, you know, some of the verses in a pericope, right, you're explaining Ooh, it, certainly what it what it means. I love that word forever. I thought it was pericope. And, and in my first advanced <laughs> preaching class, I walked up there and did my little spiel. Oh and no. Pericope. pericope. And, and oh no. The preacher said it's a pericope. Thank you. And, uh, but anyway, you know, as you're making your way through, you know, whatever points you have or whatever, you know, selection from that text is where you kind of dig into some of the things that the genre is telling us about it. The author is telling us about it. And we're, we're kind of passively teaching uh, or not even passively, at times we can even be actively teaching biblical interpretation. 
uh, yeah. which is going to be helpful for discipleship. When when they're on their own on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday, reading scripture, it's not just I'm reading it to check off of a you know, off a box to say that I did my quiet time. I'm reading through and trying to understand what this means. And so we're sharing, you know, how we came to this conclusion or how we dug into this commentary or this word study or whatever it might be uh, that really along the way, especially in our explanation side of preaching uh, a, a portion of a text, we can really dig into kind of how we got there. And that's yeah. going to help them when they're studying scripture on our own. We're not just spoon feeding them what the Bible says. We're trying to teach them to be able to also feed themselves throughout the week, Kyle. Yeah. And I would say, even as you know, as you as you become a bit more seasoned in your in your own preaching, don't be afraid to attack some of the more obscure passages. I know at First Baptist Farmersville, y'all have been going through Leviticus on Sunday okay. morning, which um, expositionally, right, through the whole book, um, which is something I've, I've never heard before. I've, I've never heard an expositional series through the book of Leviticus. But that's, that's one of those, you know, I've always kind of joked that Leviticus is where, um, you know, your read through the Bible in a year plan goes to die, right? And you get into, you get in the Le, Le Leviticus and that's where it's just like, it, it all blows up. But that's in scripture for a reason. And and even though like we, we look at some of the laws and the regulations and we go, that's really weird. There are still, um, uh, there's still lessons for us about holiness, which is what, uh, what the, the book of Leviticus, I mean, what, what God expect, expect, expected of his people, what holiness looked like and the high standard that they weren't able to meet. Like there are principles there for us, even in some of the, you know, more obscure passages that, that maybe we kind of look at and scratch our heads at sometimes. And I'll, I'll tell you what, if, if you want a master teacher class on preaching expositionally through Leviticus, you do need to go to the FBC Farmersville page and listen to these sermons because there's been plenty of times where I've kind of turned into, we've talked about Mitch at my last church where he would see maybe the next text that was coming. And it's like, I can't wait to see how you're going to turn this one <laughs> Like he would say stuff like that. There, that's me almost every week. I'm like, what on earth is Bart going to do with this? <laughs> and then like, I, it's it ends up being one of the best sermons I've ever heard. And, yeah. and so Bart is doing a great job tracing this into the New Testament, also into Christ and what he has done for us in response to these sorts of things and, and where we fall in, in these yeah. areas. And so you know, certainly encourage you if you decide you want to preach through Leviticus next week, uh, go ahead and listen to some of that, <laughs> get, get a few pointers along the way. I'm also grateful just as a sidebar for, for some of the recovery uh, or, or a little more prominence behind expositional, you know, preaching. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we have, of course, the, the pastor's conference that I did and, and previously with Dave Miller a couple of years ago, Whereas verse by verse expositional sermons through a book of the Bible. And, uh, you know, Daniel Dickard, uh, nominee for SBC Pastors Conference next year, uh, has a very similar uh, plan and vision for that as, as well. And so I love seeing that on display in many of our seminaries. It's what's being taught. And uh, so super grateful for that. So this is number one. Biblical preaching, and we we would prefer expositional preaching systematically through books of the Bible, uh, that that kind of preaching helps lead believers to understand and apply the Bible in our lives. And then number two, it helps lead believers and non-believers to repent of sin in our lives. So Kyle, what, what what's that about it? 
Yeah, well, look, the the reality is, and I think we all know this, that um, even if you've been a believer for 50 years, you still struggle with sin. It, that's a reality of, of your life. You're never going to kind of cross that pinnacle where, you know, you, you reach perfection in this life um, and, and don't struggle with that. So we all have things in our lives that distract us from fo- focusing our attention on Christ and pursuing him above all else. So we need to be reminded of the things that scripture calls sin. We need to be uh, called to turn from those things. And, and preaching does that. Biblical preaching calls people to repent, right? Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that there's a, you know, a 30-minute invitation with 45 verses of just as I am saying every Sunday. That, that's, not, that's not necessarily what that means, but, it, but, but there does need to be a call to repent of something in our lives. Almost every single biblical passage will call us to examine ourselves and align ourselves with uh, what God has said. And often we are not aligned in that way. That's just the reality. So we need to turn, right? Whether that's for the very first time, um, turning from sin, trusting in Christ as Lord and Savior, we would, the old, the old phrase getting saved, but even as a believer, like we, there's still things we need to repent of in our lives continually. And that's the thing that sets believers apart from non-believers, right? It's not, it's not that we live superior moral lives in every way that we're, we're so much better. It's that believers' lives, followers of Christ's lives are marked by a pattern of repentance from sin and returning to Christ. And, and preaching can help call us to that. Yeah. And another kind of sidebar here, plug for systematic expositional preaching is as you make your way through the Bible, you're going to hit each and every topic, sin, Mm -hmm. issue imaginable. You know, I I remember that was one of the questions that I got at Mayhill uh, because they had had years, perhaps even a hundred years of of topical preaching. And uh, well, how how are we going to handle all the topics that we need to cover? And uh, what, what that shields you from is of course, if you realize that there's sin in the camp and you decide, well, this is the Sunday I'm going to preach on <laughs> divorce, or this yeah. is the Sunday I'm going to preach on adultery. And they think you're using it as a bully pulpit and just picking on somebody. But if you pick a text or pick a uh, book and start making your way through, at some point you're going to hit everything. Even with, yeah. you know, again, we've seen that with Leviticus and uh, it's, it's covered a number of topics along the way that yeah. have been practical today. Uh, even at one, as you say, that we usually want to maybe avoid or just take a bath in Lysol when we're done. Uh, you know, it's one of those what we've seen as well. And so, yes, absolutely. So you make your way through books of the Bible steadily yeah. over time. Uh, you're going to address those those sins in the camp, so to speak. And uh, and as you said, of course, still having that invitation. I'm looking forward to the new book that's coming out with uh, Dr. Queen and Dr. Hawkins uh, about extending that invitation. Mm, I hope yeah. to have them on to talk about it. Uh, but that's vitally important too. And uh, and so yes, we we don't, as you say, live in a state of moral perfection. Uh, yes, before you know God, we have Jesus's righteousness credited on our account, but we are still called to live in a constant state of repentance and living in the light of the grace of God and His Word to us. And so preaching helps us align our lives with what God has said, calls us to repent when we don't. Uh, that is a quote from Dr. Kyle non-alcoholic beerman. He goes on to say, number three, preaching helps lead believers toward a biblical world view. Kyle, 
this isn't just the worldview study Bible. Uh, what are you right. talking about there? Yeah, well, look, we're, we're all bombarded with messages every single day. And I talked about this just a few minutes ago, but, but all of these messages proclaim a worldview in one way or the other, right? They all come from a worldview. And so if that is, um, you know, that somehow your life is deficient without the newest, latest iPhone, that there's a worldview that, that comes behind that, right? Um, and, I, and I would argue that most of the messages, the vast majority of the messages that we receive on a daily basis from the world around us stand uh, in direct contrast to the worldview the Bible calls us to have. Um, and so um, the, a biblical worldview then kind of s- serves as lenses to see the world around us. Now, Matt, you and I both have glasses. Um, if I take my glasses off, uh, I am pretty darn near blind. Like I, uh, it, the, I'm, I wouldn't even be able to see your face on my computer. Actually, I should take my glasses off yeah. so that I wouldn't have to see your yeah, face. <laughs> um, but the, so the, the corrective lenses that I wear help me to see the world clearly around me. And, and in the same way, believers need biblical lenses to see the world around us because there's a lot of confusion. And, and even, um, you know, a biblical worldview helps us to understand things that are happening, right? So uh, I know you mentioned the, uh, the sexual abuse task force report at the, um, at the beginning of the show. And then, of course, uh, this week as well, we, we had the, just the horrible school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. And, and you can look around at these things all around us and just say, man, our world is in chaos, a biblical worldview helps put that into perspective and say, well, yes, the world is in chaos and here's why, right? Because we live in a fallen, sinful world that does not operate the way that God has designed it to. And yet we still believe that God is actively at work, that he's in control, that Jesus is the savior and sustainer. And, and that can give us as believers calm in the middle of um, a, a crazy world where suddenly we're not panicking uh, by these things around us. We're not panicking if gas hits $7 a gallon. Um, you, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are with your, with your ginormous SUV. <laughs> um, but, but, but it just, it helps us to have this steady understanding of, of what's going on around us. And, and also, as you look at scripture, you understand that the, the world has always been this way. It's, it's not, it's not necessarily getting worse. This is just the, this is the um, effects of a world that has fallen and broken. And, and as believers have that worldview, that can allow us to share the gospel and share the good news with non-believers, folks who don't know Jesus, who are, you know, seeing kind of the world that they know and, and the foundations that they've built their lives on crumbling around them. And we can offer a better hope because of that. Uh, Kyle, some free tips that, that I think we can give some, some preachers that are tuning in is, uh, you know, you did talk about, of course, this not being the only part of discipleship, mm-hmm. uh, but giving your preaching uh, a little more legs. The, the Holy Spirit is going to be taking uh, your single foul ball, home run, whatever sermon you preach and continue to work. Uh, but there are some effective ways that you can give you know, your sermons and, and what you teach and preach uh, a little more legs into the week. And one of the things we did at Mayhill was like a Monday morning minute. 
uh, where I recorded a video that was just a synopsis of the text that we studied the day before and uh, shared that. And, and then usually I would send a, an email a day later that, that said, you know, this is what we studied and saw the main idea. And this is kind of where that came from, how I got to that from scripture, and then maybe a few uh, selections from commentaries or other uh, things they could read if they wanted to learn more about a certain doctrine that maybe we covered or, or you know, whatever it might have been. And, uh, and so that has been, uh, I think, really helpful. Uh, and so I think there's a, a few ways uh, that we can give our preaching a little more legs because our folks, you know, 30 minutes, uh, and, and we've made it very clear, your preaching alone isn't going to accomplish this anyway. Uh, but 30 minutes on Sunday is not enough to, to combat the, the folks that are listening an hour, two, three, four hours to Fox or CNN yeah. or, or being on Twitter and Facebook and, and the being bombarded by all of these things. We, we learned that as student pastors, of course, too, is our students would be in school eight to nine hours a day and 30 minutes on Sunday or on Wednesday was not enough to yeah. ultimately combat all of those things. And, and so there's some things, even from your preaching, that you can take through the week and give it a little legs. And then on Friday, you know, Thursday or Friday, give them maybe uh, a sneak peek at what's coming. You know, hey, read through this text. Go ahead and read it. Look for these key themes because this is what we're going to be drawing out of the text on Sunday. And so that gives kind of a whole week approach to your preaching. You know, something on Monday that's maybe a summary, just really hitting that main point again. Uh, something on Tuesday, maybe of how you got to that and, and maybe some other articles they could read. And then throughout the latter, latter part of the week, you can also share, you know, here's what's coming next. And so that kind of keeps them mindful of those things along the way. Do you have any other tips maybe to give preaching a little more uh, legs or, or impact for your people before we wrap up? Yeah, you know, I think um, another thing you can do is, is to um, just kind of suggest really good resources for your people, good study Bibles. Um, the CSB study Bible is a really good one, by the way, we're not even sponsored by them anymore, but we, we still like it. Um, you know, even some, some commentary sets that would be really accessible. Um, the Christ-centered exposition commentary set that, uh, B&H put out, um, over the last few years is really good. It's not, you know, it, it's not going to be super deep. It's going to be, um, written in a way that, that even, you know, kind of somebody with a basic Bible knowledge will be able to, you don't have to have a degree to understand it. Um, just, you know, some, some good resources that you can suggest to your people to help them uh, further process what you've said. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of putting even just some simple discussion questions in the um, sermon notes that, you know, folks can walk through with their family or just maybe for further consideration, for further thinking, something like that, just two or three um, that will help them think a little bit deeper about what what you have said in, in the sermon. Yep. Awesome. So I think we could echo uh, Paul and say, preach the word and, yep. uh, and, and ask you to do that week in and week out faithfully. Uh, you get to stand before your people. There may be 10 people. There may be a thousand people. There's probably not very many mega church pastors listening to us, let's be honest. But uh, <laughs> whether 10 or 10,000, uh, you're standing before the people that God has called you graciously to shepherd and care for. And uh, and so preach the word and, yeah. uh, and give that some legs. And, and uh, maybe soon we can kind of revisit some of the other areas of discipleship or even 
uh, sermon-based small groups, which will uh, give all of this uh, some some legs, a little more legs too, as, as even the, the church in the more small group settings are digging into the text that you're studying as uh, the pastor. And, uh, and just remind your people that God loves them, cares for them, is for them, with them, and, uh, and point them to Jesus, the Savior and sustainer of the world, and also the giver of all good things, including coffee. Send us yes. out. Indeed. Well, hey, I know we're just two weeks away or so from the SBC annual meeting. So if you're coming to Anaheim, come find Matt and me and say hi. Um, you want to give Matt a big old hug because he loves that. Um, <laughs> I know we, we are excited to, to see some of y'all uh, in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, but until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. What's wrong with you people?